0: So glad that you are here. My name is Ellen, and welcome to Stinky Sunday. In case you missed it or were unaware, we had our second annual Park to Park 5K run early this morning. We're over uh, 250 or so folks uh, did a run from our parking lot through Pecos Park and back into our parking lot, and it was big fun. You know what they say: the church that sweats together stays together. Actually, uh, we don't say that, but we do say, we do say come as you are, and what that means is that you don't have to get dressed up, you don't have to get your life all fixed up in order to come and gather as we learn about the one who created us and what it means To follow God. And so you can come as you are. And so this is a Sunday where that is uh, truer than perhaps other Sundays with people, particularly at the 8 o'clock service, who came as they were uh, from the running. And so we had a multi-sensory experience here uh, at the 8 o'clock service, um, et cetera. Now, one of the things I really, uh, really enjoy, perhaps the thing I enjoy most about a kid-friendly event like our park-to-park run uh, is the kids. It, it's the kids that are, that are so fun with a run like that uh, because they, they don't need to warm up. They're not interested in warming up. They're not, they don't care about what they're wearing, what they look like. When that gun goes off and it's the start of the race they take off like it's a hundred meter dash, no matter how long the the run is. They just, boom, they just take off. And and no matter how much coaching you give them ahead of time and and you say, okay, okay, it's a long race. You got to pace yourself. You got to go out slow and say, got it. I got it. I completely got it. Boom. And they just take off right off the bat. It's just so much fun. This morning, what we're doing is we're actually going to be talking about kids. We're going to be talking about the things that we can learn from kids and that, uh, that it's a part of the kingdom experience. We're in this series called The Kingdom. We're walking through the book of Matthew and looking at, at, at what it means to live life in the kingdom. Scripture refers multiple times to this concept of the kingdom, the kingdom of heaven, kingdom of God. Jesus in the, 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 the model for prayer He says that we are to pray, thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. And so it's imperative that we have some sense of what this kingdom is all about. What does it mean to live life in the kingdom? What does it mean to live life with Jesus as the king, as the king? Not just a rabbi, not just a great teacher, not just even a savior, but Jesus as king. What does that look like? There's a story in Matthew chapter 19, where some children are trying to get to Jesus, and the disciples uh, uh, block them off and hold the children back, and and they don't want to bother Jesus. And Jesus says, if you remember, Jesus says, let the children come to me, for the kingdom of heaven is for such as these. Jesus is very much kid-friendly. The kingdom is Is kid friendly. And there's a fair amount that we can learn from kids in terms of what it means to be a citizen of the kingdom. That's what we're looking at here today. Would you bow your heads with me? Father, I thank you for this beautiful day. Thank you that we get to live here and we get to enjoy this family run today and we get to come into this room and just take this time aside to hear from you, God. I pray that you would allow us to see you, to look up to you as a child looks up to a a massive, giant adult, that we would look up to you here in this moment. We wanna hear from you as our king. We pray in Jesus' name, amen. So first of all, uh, what is kid-friendly? This is a phrase that if you have kids or if you've taken care of kids, it's, it's always an important thing to find out if an event you're going to or a restaurant or or some kind of thing that you want to participate in, you want to find out if it's kid-friendly or not. That's an important part of that thing. But there is a difference between kid-friendly and kid-oriented. So we have a two-story playground uh, there over there by the cafe. That's not kid-friendly. That's kid-oriented. In other words, it's 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 designed for kids. And adults are allowed to be there and supervise, etc. But it's not for adults. You don't see a lot of adults crawling in through that thing. It is for kids. The difference between kid-friendly and kid-oriented is that kid-friendly means it's for adults, but kids are welcome to, you know, kids are allowed to be there, welcome to be there. Kid-oriented means it's for kids, and adults kind of have to tolerate it or are even annoyed by it. You know, there's, there's programs that are kid-friendly. They're adult programs, but it's okay for kids to watch them. But then there are programs that are kid-oriented, and those are the ones that are hard for adults to endure. I don't know if anybody's watching Dora the Explorer anymore, but when my kids were little, that was the thing. And I have had more than my share of this young girl yell-talking everything that she says. Everything is yell-talking, and she's having to to solve problems that are way too simple for her to have to solve, that I've never met a kid who really struggles with, is it better to use a boat or a hammer to cross the river? Hmm, which one? And so, no, I think we got that. I think we got, and then, and if you're familiar with Dora the Explorer, who wrote the songs? How, where did they get the songs for this? I'm the map, I'm the map, I'm the map, I'm the map, I'm the map. What lyrics did they have to discard in order to take on those lyrics? I just, it's just amazing that this stuff gets through, backpack, backpack. Back, back. I mean, see, the kingdom of heaven is not childish. It's not kid-oriented. It's not, it's not like like Barney in the sky, that, that we, we don't say, it's the Bible, it's the Bible, it's the Bible, it's the Bible, that the kingdom very much is, is an adult experience. The kingdom is, is a world-changing, life-changing experience that is kid-friendly. It is kid-friendly. Let the children come. This is important because not everything is kid-friendly, and that's okay. Not everything that we experience uh, as adults is kid-friendly. I'm thankful that we live in a culture where there are systems to identify if certain movies or books are kid-friendly. And so you can look at other people's opinions and websites and, and different rating systems, etc., to find out if this is appropriate for kids. And I think that's good. I, well, I, I love the movie Braveheart. Love the movie Braveheart, but that is most definitely not a kid-friendly experience. And so it's okay for me to watch that, I think. Uh, it's okay for me to watch that, but it's not kid-friendly. And there are other things that you might experience. You go, you go watch a, a game at a sports bar or something like that. That's sometimes, you know, situations like that are not kid-friendly. Even here in this room on Sunday mornings, this is typically not a kid-friendly room. That's why we have an entire two floors over there for children's ministry, to love on and care for your kids so that this can be a place where we can focus primarily on adult things. That's why we have a cry room in the back there. If if you have a little one and you're not ready to separate from the little one and you've got a cry room over there to be able to take care of that, and that's okay. But the kingdom, the kingdom is kid-friendly. Kid-friendly means that it's for adults, but kids are welcome. The kingdom is an adult experience. It is a life-changing, world-changing, challenging experience to engage. What does it mean to live life with Jesus as king? And it is kid-friendly. Let the children come to me. Now, we in our culture... We have a high value for kids. Kids are precious. Kids are, are celebrated. Kids are, 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 are really treated in our culture very different than they were 2,000 years ago. Kids are handled and responded to very differently. That now, if you want to sell something or pull heartstrings, all you need to do is get a close-up of a child's face in slow motion. That's the, that's the magic ticket, if you didn't know that. If you just get a close-up of a child's face as they turn and catch the camera... And then you freeze, and then you put, you know, send your check to or whatever. Yeah, whatever it is. I got it. I got it. But that's just... But 2,000 years ago, they didn't have slow motion cameras. And so it was a, in addition to that, it was, kids were treated very differently. It was a very different culture. And so kids were just kind of separated from the adult stuff. That's largely why here in this story in Matthew uh, chapter 19, it's largely why the adults were holding the kids back so that they didn't bother Jesus and the adult stuff that was going on there. Now, there's, Jesus talks, you know, let the children come to me, but there's something even more extraordinary that Jesus does in Matthew chapter 18, which is where we're going to look at this morning. If you have your Bibles, I invite you to turn there. Matthew chapter 18. Jesus says something even more radical. Not just let the children come to me, but Jesus says we are to become like children. Matthew chapter 18, beginning in verse 1. At that time, the disciples came to Jesus and asked, who then is the greatest in the kingdom of heaven? This is one of multiple times where the disciples were asking a question like this. And you gotta remember, they at this point believed that the kingdom was going to be an earthly kingdom. They didn't have any kind of sense of, a, of the kingdom as we understand it. They believed that it was going to be an earthly kingdom and Jesus was going to reign as the earthly king. And so they were legitimately asking, okay, when that happens, What seat will I have at the table? So they very much wanted to know how this was going to work. That's why they asked this question. He, then Jesus, verse two, he called a little child to him and placed the child among them. And he said, truly I tell you, unless you change and become like little children, you will never enter the kingdom of heaven. Don't miss that. Unless you change and become like little children, you will never enter the kingdom of heaven. Those are important words. If we want to understand what this kingdom is and, and if we want to be a part of this kingdom, there is something significant here. There's a part of, of a child's experience that we need to grasp onto. Again, it's not about being kid-oriented and, and, and kind of, you know, just a playful thing. This is this is a life-changing, world-changing experience to be a part of the kingdom. But there's something about the perspective of a child that is essential for us as citizens of the kingdom. I want to look at four of those things that might help us become like a child. Things that are, that are uh, attributes of children that would be helpful for us as we enter into the kingdom. Okay, So four things. The first of those is that children are relentlessly inquisitive relentlessly inquisitive, as soon as a child learns the word why, their entire world changes and so, children, you know this. Children, you're, you're working up and trying to develop your answer to question number one, and they're already on question number 11. Why? 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 Why are there couches in the church area? Why are there these uh, pink shirts that are not normally a part of the church experience? Why is the pastor so ruggedly handsome? It's just question after question after question, and it's just relentless, and we often don't have answers to the questions at the pace that they can ask these questions, kids often ask questions that we adults are not willing to ask. Kids often ask questions that we should be asking, but that we, we, we we've we've drifted from our ability to ask them. I remember multiple times this happened with our with our kids. You know, one time we went to a store and uh, there was a gentleman who had one leg. And he, was, he had some kind of apparatus in order to get around, but he had, but he had one leg. And, and so I, like the rest of the other adults, would look over and smile and, and then move on. And, and, you know, if there was some way I could help, I would, but I'm not sure how to, you know, etc. And so my, my little boy just looks up and goes, what happened to your leg? Why, you only have one leg. What happened? And you can imagine this guy's response He wasn't upset or angry. He had a big smile on his face and went down and and talked to my son and told a story. And I'm going, this is awesome. This was an incredible story as a a war vet and and told the story. And so we kind of engaged with this guy and got to know him a little bit because my son was willing to ask a question that so often we as adults uh, aren't asking. And so, so questions are powerful. Questions are hugely important in the kingdom. Questions are what allow us to grow, to learn, to get past the surface area stuff and go past that. It is essential for us as we grow and develop as citizens of the kingdom to ask questions. Mountain Park is a safe place to ask any questions question. This is important because so often with, with regard to spiritual things, we sit and we assume everyone around us knows more than we do. And so we don't want to look like a fool. So we won't step up and ask questions. Oh yeah, I understand. I understand. We grow when we ask questions. We grow when we ask questions. And from my experience, there are two types of, of faith questions. There are interesting questions and there are pivotal questions interesting questions are things like, what happened to the dinosaurs? Where do the dinosaurs fit into the story? Or questions like, where did Cain get his wife? If you're familiar with the Genesis story, there's Adam and Eve and they have a son named Cain. Then there's a story that says Cain went off and found a wife. So if Adam and Eve are the first two people, then where did Cain get a wife? What other civilization was existing? And so it's, a, it's an interesting question. And, and, or, or if you ask the, you know, the classic question, can God create a rock that is so heavy even God can't lift it? Well, sure, those are fun questions, and we can talk about them and debate and research, et cetera. Let me just tell you, I'm not going to die on the hill of any of those types of questions. Uh, we can talk about it. We can disagree. We can have different evidence or whatever. We, I've had plenty of conversations about those kinds of things. Those are not hills I want to die on. Those are interesting questions. On the other hand, there are pivotal questions of faith, pivotal Essential questions of faith, like, is Jesus truly God? Or, why did Jesus have to die? Jesus came and modeled for us a way, a different way of doing life, and taught us how to do life, and, and God could redeem humanity and when, in any way God chose to, to, to do that. Why did Jesus have to die such a gruesome death on the cross? Or what does it mean to live life with Jesus as king? Those are pivotal questions. And we, we can ask those questions. And it's okay, we are free to even disagree on the answer to those questions. We're not forced, we're not locked into any of this. There's freedom in our faith journey. But they're pivotal questions in terms of our faith. They must be asked and they must be answered. They are pivotal questions that we should be asking. We don't just go to church. We ask questions. Children are relentlessly inquisitive, and we are to become like children. Another way that we are to become like children is that children are naturally trusting. Regardless of their home situation, children just trust just tend to trust the ones who are taking care of them. The children just tend to trust that mom and dad are going to take care of of food and mom and dad are going to take care of what they eat, what they wear. They just have a natural trust. Now, don't get me wrong, children are rotten. They're I mean they're 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 rotten. They're just born kind of self-centered and manipulative and demanding and all that kind of stuff. But they're born with the ability to trust. They're born with the ability to just lean in and trust. What happens as we get, as we get older, as we get more sophisticated and more mature. See, mature is the sophisticated version of the word mature. And so as we mature, then we start to realize more about our past and and, and history that has led us up to this point. And we start to understand different things that are happening in other parts of the world. And then that leads us to kind of shake a little bit in terms of our trust and say, what kind of a loving God would allow those things to happen or would allow that to happen to someone I care about or allow that to happen to me or whatever? And so we're asking questions, which is good, but we need to be careful when our, when our maturity leads to a breakdown in our trust in God. Because our relationship with God is, is based on trust. That this, this relationship that we have with God has so much to do with trust. From the very beginning of the story, it's Abraham and you know, God saying, will you trust me with taking your son up on top of the hill? Will you trust me? Will you trust me that I will provide? people wandering in the desert. Will you trust me that I'll provide manna every day? Will you trust me? I know a lot of this doesn't make sense. Will you trust me? See, kingdom living means that we trust God no matter what. We can ask any questions we want, but it has to be with this foundation of we trust God. Children are good at trust. They understand trust. They just lean in and trust. Kingdom living means that we don't rebel against the kingdom. We don't rise up against the kingdom. It means that the king doesn't answer to us. The king does not need to explain why he is doing a certain thing. The king doesn't need our permission or our opinion. That we are to be, we are to trust like little children, become like little children and naturally trust. The third way that we can become like little children that will help us understand the kingdom is that children are emotionally honest. Children are emotionally honest. It's often for us as we get older, we become very skilled at hiding our emotions, stuffing them down, covering one emotion with another emotion. We become very skilled at that. But kids have no concept of that. When a child no longer wants to be in Walmart... Everyone in the store knows that the child no longer wants to be in Walmart. There's just no hiding it. Kids are very skilled and adept that when they're happy, they're happy and when they're upset, they're upset. They don't they're honest about their emotions. They don't hide them and mask them, etc. Kids are even gifted at being honest about our emotions. Kids are, are, are perceptive about our own emotions that we think we're hiding. So I remember a story a number of years ago when we first moved here to Phoenix, and uh, Tammy and I had three little kids, a four-year-old, a two-year-old, and a, and a newborn, and our first year here in Phoenix was the worst year of our lives. It was so difficult. It was, a, it was so many new things for us to try to figure out, and we were separated from family and friends, and, and, uh, and it was lonely and it was difficult. And one time, my wife Tammy was playing with our kids, and little Martin was, uh, was, is our middle child, and uh, actually he was three at the time, so we had been here for a few months. He was three, and, and he looked up at Mom, and he said, mommy's sad. And then Tammy had a big smile on her face and said, no, mommy's not sad. Mommy's not sad. And Martin looked up at her and said, mommy's sad. And she kept her smile as the tears poured down her face because he was exactly right. That children have this ability to say, why are we faking our emotions? The kingdom doesn't want us to pretend we're feeling something that we're not feeling. The kingdom wants real emotions, even the gritty, hard stuff. The kingdom invites us to be real with one another and to be honest about our our emotions. The kingdom doesn't want us to get in the car on the way to church, fight with each other, yell at each other, in the car on the way to church, then get out of the car, get into the lobby of the church, and then act like a perfect little Christian soldiers. The kingdom doesn't want that or expect that. The kingdom wants us to become like little children, to be emotionally honest with ourselves and with others. Finally, the fourth of these, number nine: the kingdom wants us to learn from children in that children are beautifully ignorant. They're beautifully ignorant. Children don't know. You know, ignorance is about knowing and understanding. Children don't know, don't see, don't care about the difference between a fancy brand new BMW and an old Honda minivan. No offense to Honda owners. I'm, we're one. But children just don't see that difference. They just climb in the car and where are we going? They just don't see that difference. Children don't see the difference between Nordstroms and Walmart. They're happy to have a tantrum at either place, whatever time. They don't care. They don't see the difference. Children. Don't know the difference between ASU and University of Arizona. They just don't. They don't see that difference. They're not. They're not bothered by that. Seriously, have you, have you think about this? A child of a king, a child of a king, a prince would have no problem playing with the child of a beggar. They just get in and say, "What's your name?" and we're going to play. They. They just don't see what you and I see. That they are not separated from one another in a way that we tend to separate ourselves from one another based on this and that and the other thing. Children are beautifully ignorant about some of these things that become so important to us, so divisive for us, and children just kind of don't have to get bothered by that stuff. This one, I think, this fourth one, I think is, is the one that is most connected to these verses here in Matthew chapter 18. Remember that verse 1, in the beginning of this story, it's, it's one of the disciples saying, who among us will be the greatest in the kingdom of heaven? Who's going to be the greatest? And then Jesus responds by saying, unless you become like a little child, you will not enter the kingdom of heaven. And then in the next verse, verse 4, immediately after that, Jesus says, whoever takes the lowly position of this child is the greatest in the kingdom of heaven. Once again, as Jesus has said multiple times, the kingdom of heaven is an upside down kingdom. It's a flipped around thing. Unless you take the position of, the, of this lowly child, it's the one who takes this position who will be the greatest. The kingdom living is about Humility. I talked about this last week when I talked about the table, that that we will not sit at the table with Jesus as long as we think we're better than others. As long as we think we're higher or better than others, we will not sit at the table. We will not enter the kingdom. It requires us to bring humility. In fact, I think all four of these things that I talked about, attributes of children, all four of these things are about humility, it takes humility to ask questions. In fact, a question in and of itself implies that you don't know what's going on. So it takes humility to, to, to ask the question, to reveal to those listening to the question that you don't understand, you don't know the answer. That's humility. It takes humility to trust others, to lean into others, to to, to need others and lean in for help or or to trust others. It takes humility to do that. It takes humility to be emotionally honest in settings where maybe it's not appropriate for you to be sad or angry or, or whatever the, the thing might be for you just to be, to have the humility to say, hey, I know I don't look great right now. I know I'm not impressive, but I'm, but I'm honest. I'm emotionally honest. That takes humility. All of this stuff can be boiled down to the humility that we can learn from becoming like a little child. The kingdom is kid-friendly. Let the children come. Let them come and be part of conversations. Let them ask any question. Let the children come. It's kid-friendly. Let them meet Jesus and learn stories about, uh, from the Bible that become part of the root system for their growing faith. Let the children come. But in addition... There are parts of our kingdom experience where we are to actually become like children. I've learned a lot from my kids. I am so thankful that God has allowed me to be a dad. I'm a better person because I'm a dad. I'm I'm poorer, and I I often don't get to do things that I want to do but I'm a better person, maybe because I'm poorer and I don't get to do some of the things I want to do. But I tell you, I, I have learned so much from my kids. Every parent learns from their kids. Now, whatever stage you are—single, married, kids are grown, or whatever—this is just this is just one of the reasons that serving in children's ministry can be such a blessing. To go and be and serve with these kids and just be around these kids and pour into them love on them and just learn from them and watch to see how they worship and to see how they interact with one another. It can be such a beautiful thing. There's so much that we can learn from kids. Sometimes, sometimes we, we, we just need to, to lighten up. You know, we get so stressed out about all the deadlines and pressures and all. Sometimes we just need to enjoy life like a kid. Sometimes we need to go to church stanky. Sometimes we need to put on comfortable sweatpants instead of some fancy clothes for whatever reason. Sometimes we need to look at each other and look at life and look at the gifts that God has given like a child. Sometimes we need to become like children. Would you pray with me? Father, I... I thank you for the breadth of your story that we have parts of your story where they are, there are huge battles with, with enormous groups of people fighting against each other. And it is, a, it is a huge battle going on. And this is a significant part of how you're helping us understand who you are. And then other moments you have the king of all kings setting a child in front of a group and saying, we need to become like this little one. I thank you for the breadth of your story. And I pray that in whatever way we interact with kids this week, whether it's as parents or teachers or in the medical profession, in whatever way we interact with kids, God, would you help us to to just be reminded of of what it means to become like a little child? God, would, would you give us some kind of hint, some kind of window for us to experience the kingdom differently through the eyes of a child? Would you give us that opportunity this week, we pray in the name of Jesus. Amen.